0: listening to the oil and gas this week podcast with Mark LaCour and Paige Wilson. This is the show for busy oil pros who quickly want to keep their finger on the pulse of the industry.
1: You're
2: listening to the oil and gas this week podcast brought to you by IBM. This is the show for busy oil pros who want to quickly keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. Thanks for joining us for episode 219. What's up Paige? How's it going Mark? It's
0: going good. You know what else is going good? What? Cognite's Ignite Talks. Yeah? Cognite's our new sponsor for the tech show. They are having this conference, which is normally in person in Norway, which next year we will be there in Norway. But this year, of course, it's a virtual. So if you want to check it out, there's a link in the show notes. This is some of the highest tech in the oil and gas industry is going to be showcased. So people go check it out. And speaking of checking out, do we get any reviews?
2: Yeah, we got one. Keep up the great work. Five-star review. I listen to the podcast nearly every week. I'm an automation small business owner in the Powder River Basin and the Bakken. Especially during the downturn, I come to this podcast where I grip on the whole industry and other industries affecting the oil and gas industry. I wouldn't say that this dot, dot, dot.
0: <laughs> I would not be surprised if Chartable cut that off.
2: Oh, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, we don't know. Yeah, we do know. This. It's uh, Tabs the yeah, Apple Podcast from the U.S. So, Tabs, thank you very much for the review. We love our reviewers, don't we?
2: Yeah, when I get the whole thing. <laughs> Thanks, Chartable.
0: <laughs> Let's get into news stories.
2: All right. First one is ABB and IBM to bolster cybersecurity for industrial operations. And
0: just a note to the listeners, just because IBM sponsors this show, <laughs> this just this <laughs> well, just coincidence. This is, yeah, this this just popped up. Yeah so this is really really cool. So with all the new technology coming into the oil and gas industry, it leaves more doors open for bad guys, for the cyber criminals, right? And so this is ABB who's known for process automation, IBM who's known for everything else in technology, coming together and they're they're actually come out with an extremely secure cybersecurity package for operational technology. You hear say OT stuff all the time on the tech show. And so, you know, as this progresses and as more and more industrial automation comes into the oil and gas industry companies like this need to partner and i think it's really cool because just a few years ago they would have abb and ibm would have both developed their own solution but by actually working together and collaborating they could use each other's strengths abb's knowledge of heavy steel of a high process automation and then ibm's knowledge of cybersecurity. And I just I just love the fact that they're doing this. This way, when companies in, install their process control systems, they know it's locked down. They know it's secure. They know bad guys can't get in. And so I just thought it was really cool. The other thing I think it's really cool is ABB. Is we've actually done a lot of work with them. Their group in Europe really likes our shows. And so it's it's really interesting to watch their culture change and, you know, just hats off to both of them for, for pulling this thing off. But if you're in the petrochemical refining ethylene cracker space and you have a Greenfield project, make sure you go check them out because this is some rock solid security.
2: Okay. So next article is Halliburton sees signs of rebirth. Go Hal. <laughs> right.
0: Love those guys and girls. Yeah, this is a good article. This is Halliburton saying that they think things are coming back the beginning of next year, which is, I agree with them 110%. You know, their share price is actually starting to creep up, which is good. Now, the thing about Halliburton and Schlumberger, and we've talked about this a bunch on this show, is Halliburton tends to dominate in the U.S. And, and not so well in the rest of the world. And Schlumberger tends to do not so well in the U.S. and do very well in the rest of the world. Unfortunately, Halliburton has has lost a lot of money because the U.S. market has—I mean, everybody knows—tanked, you know, the, around April, March, April of this year. So, but Jeff Miller is doing a really good job of steering the company a new direction. There's some new stuff they're doing that I know of that I can't talk about yet, but stay tuned because we got something really cool coming. But, you know, Halliburton's saying that things could come back. Now, he did a really good job. Jeff Miller did a really good job of trying to keep Halliburton's share price up there. He cut dividends. You know, they had, unfortunately, a bunch of layoffs. He cut about a billion dollars in, in cost. And so they're, Halliburton's leaning mean right now, and they're ready for stuff to come back. And darn it, Paige, I am, too.
2: I, that, yeah, that includes myself as well. All right. So here's, like, one of the biggest stories of the week. ConocoPhillips makes $9.7 billion acquisition.
0: You know what? What? Remember the old Anadarko? Mm-hmm. Anadarko used to be the largest independent oil and gas company. Now this is going to be the largest independent oil and gas company. I just think it's awesome. And we talked about this. We knew this was coming. We we And there's more mergers and acquisitions company. This is going to give both companies uh, access to markets and, and prospect plays that they didn't have access before. It's going to make this company extremely strong in the Permian. And the combination company is actually going to keep more people employed. So they're looking to save about 500 million annual costs by 2022. Then the ability to add additional barrels from the uh, Concho purchase, ConocoPhillips is all happy about that. They're going to dump about $150 million uh, in in cleaning things up. So unfortunately, people that have jobs that are duplicate, you know, somebody's going to end up losing those jobs. But as things pick back up. And as the new company takes off, especially in the, the Permian, they're going to start hiring again. And that hiring's probably going to happen quicker than a lot of people think. They're in a position of strength, good financial portfolio. So I, I, I knew this was going to happen. And not that they called me, but I was excited to see it happen. And unfortunately, yes, there will be some another round of layoffs by combining these two companies. But the new company is going to be strong, it's going to be lean, and we will start hiring pretty soon. So you know, hats off to Conica Phillips and, and Concho uh, for pulling this deal off.
2: And that kind of takes a little while. So maybe by the time we get around to them hiring again, nobody gets laid off. I know that's funny to say, but, but you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just trying to.
0: I I think the layoffs in the industry have peaked. I know they have. Right. Right. And so now companies are lean. And as we're looking at 2021, they're going to start picking the people back up again. Now it's not going to be a huge flood of hiring, but I think it's going to be pretty robust. I think by April or May of next year. You're going to see a whole bunch of help on its sides everywhere.
2: Awesome. All right. So next one is Dakota Access Oil Pipeline clears hurdle to doubling capacity.
0: All right. Here's my big beef with this, right? You got environmental groups been fighting this. Every little thing they can do, they do. You know, Earth Justice is one of the the, the groups out there that have been fighting this. And basically, this pipeline expansion should have been approved a long time ago. It's been brought to court over and over and over again you know Dakota Access has seen a lot of uh, controversy since the startup around 2017 you know the states that are involved actually have a lot of money tied up in this and a lot of future revenue tied up in this and so you know all they're trying to do is bring in an additional half million barrels a day from North Dakota down to the midwest right to actually feed the need for clean affordable energy and it's just crazy that all these groups are fighting this thing left and right People, pipelines are the safest way to move anything, not just oil and gas, but water, sewage. You know, never hear anybody complain about water pipelines being built, right? Right. And so, you know, there's still energy transfers and and DAPL are still in a legal battle the judge is going back and forth about whether they maintain an operation while they're in court or not maintain operations. One of our previous shows, we talked about how they actually said that even if the judge says they have to shut down the pipeline, they they took a stand and said we're not, which right. I thought was really cool. Yeah. But let's just get this thing done. We're it's almost there. This is good for everybody. It's good for the environment. Quit fighting this. And and you know, anti-oil and gas people, I get it. I understand that if you shut down a pipeline, you affect the industry much bigger than just the pipeline itself. But come on, man, people in Illinois need to be able to heat their homes.
2: Yeah. Speaking of pipelines, huh, got to segue on you. UAE and Israel opened talks on once-secret crude oil pipeline.
0: So this is actually interesting. I didn't know about this. Not that I know everything that's going on, but evidently Israel has a pipeline connected to the Iran that has been operating for years, and those those two countries are enemies, right? But evidently, Iran didn't mind making some money off selling <laughs> oil.
2: <laughs> yeah, money, man. Yeah,
0: you know, and it's like two and a half million dollars a day they were flowing of crude to Israel, and so now that relationships are starting to be normalized in the Middle East, which is so awesome. A big shout out to our current administration because they made that happen. Now they're disclosing the fact that this pipeline does exist, right? And now you have uh, the companies that are involved looking at since it's. Now it could be public information. Now they could do stuff like put more money back into it. They can expand it. They can make sure that everything's where it should be from a safety point of view. Because back when it was secret, it's really hard to get all that stuff done. So uh, I just I just think it's awesome that, that this is uh, happening. I also think it's really cool that they were able to hide this pipeline from the public since the 1960s. Isn't that crazy? Oh, really? Yeah. And a pipeline's not like a book of matches that you right. can stick in a shoe. <laughs> they hid right. This entire pipeline. But, you know, now they're getting to the finances part. I think it's really funny. Tehran is uh, is basically asking for more money for their share, <laughs> and Israel's saying no, <laughs> right? <laughs> we'll keep it at 50-50. So I kind of want to keep an eye on this because, uh, number one, it's, it's good for the Middle East. When countries who normally don't get along share something financially, a, a financial benefit, they end up getting along, right. right? They end up seeing things the same. So, you know, if, if Iran and Israel can see eye-to-eye on the pipeline, they can see eye-to-eye on a bunch of other stuff.
2: All right. Another acquisition. Pioneer Natural Resources to Buy Parsley Energy for $4.5 billion.
0: So we knew this was going to happen. Uh, you know, this is the time for consolidations for mergers and acquisitions. This is an interesting one because of the $4.5 billion amount. And then also it's an all stock deal and they're, they're trading almost an 8% premium. And this would really give Pioneer a, a second place in the, in the Permian Basin. So it's really interesting times in the shell plays right now when the bigger people that have cash are now looking at what used to be their competitors and seeing if they can pick them up. I don't think this will be the last one that we see. I think we're going to see a bunch more. Right. And and I do realize that every time there's an acquisition like this, some people lose their jobs. But people, I'm telling you, the new company that's formed by this acquisition is strong, which means there's more jobs coming down the road. So let's get through this, let them go through all the stuff they have to do to combine these two companies. And then once again, like I talked about earlier, um, I think around April or May, all these shell producers are going to start hiring because I think that's when we're going to start needing people out in the field again.
2: All right. So the next one is Alberta to start oil lease sales despite crisis.
0: And yeah, this is interesting. So what they did, what Alberta did because of they knew there was a much less demand of people buying leases is they, they put them all on hold. They basically deferred them. And they did that because they didn't want to be forced to take low prices, thinking that in the future, if they would await it, they could get higher prices. Well, now they figured out that the future is is here <laughs> and they need to do something. Because if not, that money that would normally go to the government and then eventually to the people isn't, isn't going anywhere. And so they're uh, doing some really interesting stuff. The thing that I find fascinating about this, though, is that they've lost about almost $3 billion U.S. Gosh. In lease sales from this year, from 2019 to 2020, right? And that's a big number. And if they, if they do reopen this to bidding, they, what they want to do is they, they want to set a minimum bid, basically uh, $38 per hectare. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure what that's going to do because the operators that are come in have to make money. Yeah. And the operators have a forecast of what they think crudes could be, you know, in the next year. And so, if they have to pay that amount of money for prospect properties, can they still break even? I don't know. And actually, if anybody's drilling or anybody's operating in, in, in that Alberta area, I'd actually I'd love to hear hear back from you. Can you make money at you know thirty eight dollars per hectare if that's a, the initial lowest bed? I don't know. I'm not. That's not my world. But I would love to find out.
2: I don't know either, Mark. <laughs> you shouldn't be surprised <laughs> by that, though. All right. So OPEC says group will ensure oil prices do not plunge again.
0: So what OPEC is doing is they're saying, hey, we thought the recovery was going to happen quicker than it did, which it hasn't. And we realize that that we need to keep prices, oil prices as stable as we can until we start having the demand pick back up. Which, by the way, I just saw today that the demand in air flights in the U.S. is picking yeah. up again, which is awesome. It's uh, already picked up in Europe. It's picking up here. Next needs to happen to Asia Pacific. Come on, people, fly. <laughs>
2: well, they're actually, I saw that Southwest is going to start filling middle seats now. Oh, that's awesome. And United's been doing it.
0: That's that's awesome. That's that's. This is what we need. We need the demand to go up. But it's really interesting. So the thing about OPEC is it's a cartel. And the strength of the cartel, and you've heard me say this many times, is the fact that the member countries pay attention and do what they're, they're asked to do. And so, interestingly enough, Paige, the cuts they had in September, do you know what, what percentage of compliance they had? No, I don't.: 102 percent. That means more countries cut than cut than we're asked to cut. right? Right? That never happens, to OPEC. Usually, compliance is around 70 or 80 percent where country, countries don't listen, right? Now everybody sees what they need to do. And so it's Nigeria, Iraq and uh, UAE have been asked to make additional cuts until the end of the year, and then if they do that, and OPEC continues to taper down to about two million uh, barrels from the 7.7 7 million barrels that they're doing right now. We're going to be in a really good place. The thing I'm worried about, I've, and actually I'm worried that they're cutting actually a little bit too much because what I don't want to have happen is, is have a rebound effect. I don't want them to cut so much production while demand starts to come back that all spikes to $80 or $90 a barrel. I know everybody, I know that sounds crazy, but what happens when it spikes to $89 a barrel is everybody starts producing again and it's going to drive the price back down because global demand's not back to where it should be. Right, yeah. So we need a slow creep up. Right? Not not a crack one. But I, I think, you know, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think OPEC's doing the right thing for everybody, <laughs> not just for OPEC.
2: Okay. So this was cool. How the oil industry fared under the last nine U.S. presidents.
0: This is a fascinating article. I, I suggest everybody that's listening go read this because it goes into detail. And it gives basically two numbers for every president. The amount of demand and the amount of production. And there's, there's some really cool facts in here. So, you know, we did not hit – so. We burn 20 million barrels a day, and that's been going on for since George W. Bush was inaugurated in 20 was 2001, right? But before that, it was really interesting to see how low our demand was sometimes. So we're at 20 now, but at some point, not that long ago, the demand was 7 million barrels. We're only burning 7 million barrels a day in this country. Now the production is interesting. Our production had went up to forever, and then in the 70s it started going down. So we had to import more. Right. And up until just recently, say 20 i got to get my facts here right because we had the downturn of 2014. So say 2016 to say 2018 is when we became energy independent, where we were producing as much hydrocarbons as we were consuming. Now, we didn't use our own hydrocarbons. We sold a lot of those on the global market. But the fact that we were net, that we were producing as much energy as we consume was awesome. And we still have that ability. In fact, we have more of an ability. We could actually flood the market. Not today, please, people. But if we ever needed to, we could. And then it was really, the other thing I thought was really fascinating about this, in 1969, Americans depended on imports about 10% of their com- consumption. By 2008, that was the number of changed to 50%. And when we have to depend on other countries' oil, it's not good for us. Right. It's not good for our economy. It's not good for our people. It's not good for a national offense. So we don't have to worry about it anymore. But if you want to see how the markets change from the uh, different presidents, this is a fascinating read.
2: Yeah, it really is. All right. So I think that's it course we've got our giveaway i don't know if we've heard from number 78 yet but
0: we sell what another week yeah we thanks so. yeah. yeah
2: yeah another another week or so So,
0: if you have shirt seven eight zero seven eight you need to reach out and let page know because you're missing some really cool stuff and if not we would give it to somebody else and if you want to win a shirt not zero seven eight shirt but uh, one of the cool ibm shirts which by the way you know what else happened page what we just had the logo change because we had a, a oh, refresh yeah. with our logo and website So that means that the original IBM shirts with our old logo on it are going to be even more collectible, right? Oh, that's true. So if you all have the old shirts, you better put those things in a shrink wrap somewhere to save (laughs) them. But the new logo looks awesome on the shirt. If you want to win one, we give away one a week. If you enter and don't win, you can enter every week. The link's in the show notes. And then what we do is we uh, each shirt has a unique serial number, and we give away really cool stuff based on that serial number. So go grab your IBM shirt now.
2: And make sure you send me a picture.
0: Yeah, make sure you Yeah, if you're the winner, make sure you send it. Actually, if you if you have the shirt at all, send us a picture. We'll throw it in our social, It'd be kind of cool.
2: Yeah, that'd be great.
0: And speaking of kind of cool, what's the weekly rig count doing?
2: Let's see. We've got in the United States 282, so we're up 13. Cool. Uh Canada, 80, no change. And internationally 702 and we're down 45. Okay. That's that's moving the right it's direction. It's not too shabby. Yeah.
0: And this is the part of the show where I tell you to go join our LinkedIn stuff. We've gotten so big. Just go to LinkedIn and just type in OGGN and just join everything that pops up. <laughs> join are our group, you tired our
2: of page. giving <laughs> this spiel, <feel>, Mark?
0: <laughs> and street team, Warren and I are actually going tomorrow and getting the shirts spec'd out for our street team. I'm going to. Oh, that's right. You're going. That's right. You are coming with us. Yeah. Yep. So if you haven't joined the street team, it's our all-volunteer group. Uh, go on LinkedIn. Go join. We ask you for hours worth of work a week. But if you can't do it, that's cool. And basically, you're just helping us with our social when things get back to normal, if we're in your neck of the woods at a conference, you get to join us as part of our press team. Plus, you get all this cool swag that Paige and I and Warner go figure out tomorrow.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the and, design and everything, right?
0: Yep. And the new OGGN website is out. Go check it out, people. There's still some mistakes. And actually, I tell you what, audience, if you find a mistake on the OGGN, no,
2: not yet. I have a list of mistakes already. I don't, uh, need, I don't need people going, <laughs> hey, this isn't right. I know. Trust me. Okay. I've gone through every single thing. And then Savannah has also. All right, so
0: never mind. I'm not going to finish that. But anyway, go check out the new website. It actually came out really good. Very soon, if not by the time you hear this, it may be up. We should have a page where all of our events are on it. So, our twice a month live streams, which, by the way, we already launched uh, OGGN's Viper Room live stream. That one page
2: is going to have whiskey tasting in it. Oh, I only drink wine. I like wine too, but isn't
0: <laughs> it cool that we actually have whiskey tasting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, pay attention to all that stuff. It'll be on the OGGN website. And then if you want to find out more cool stuff, you get the monthly oil and gas events newsletter. We put it in your inbox once a month. We take all the oil and gas events that are going on, put it in your inbox once a month for free. And sometimes there's cool stuff in there, stuff the public isn't aware of, uh, discount codes, free tickets, all that sort of stuff. And then I got somebody reached out. Actually, Philip 66 reached out to me just a little while ago want me to come speak. So if you like myself or any of our experts to come speak at your event, no matter what it is, either virtually or in person, let us know. We'd we'll happy to share the details.
2: Are you doing that one virtually?
0: I'm waiting for them to come back. It's, oh, okay. It's, it's, it's a hybrid event. So they're doing both virtual and in person. Oh, that's neat. And they didn't tell me which one they wanted me to do. They just wanted to speak. <laughs> and I go, is <laughs> this to guess. price for in person? Is this price for virtual? Which one do you want me to do? So I'm waiting to hear back. And then you know the deal, first Friday Q&A. If you have questions, please, please, please send them in. If we read your question on the air, you get a big shout out on the show. And our audience really loves those things. Just remember the goal is not to stump Paige and I.
2: Well, it's not. Like I say, every single time you say that, it's not difficult to do that
0: (laughs) for me. All right, Paige, ready to get out of here? Yeah. Remember, folks, do great work, pay it forward, and we will see you next time.
1: Here's Savannah with Events on Deck. Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for October 2020. The first five events I'm going to list off are all online, so to start off the month, we've got the Women Offshore Conference, which is an online interactive event on October 2nd and October 9th. Second, we've got SparkCon, which stars our very own Mark LaCour as keynote speaker, and that one starts on October 5th and goes through the 9th. Third, we have the Oilcom Conference and Exposition from October 13th through the 15th. Fourth, we have the Ignite Talks with Cognite from October 27th through the 29th. And to close off the online events, we have the SPE Annual Technical Conference and Exhibition, or ATCE, on the same dates as the Ignite Talks, which is October 27th through the 29th. Next, these two events for October are in person. First, we have the Energy API Golf Tournament on October 12th at the Kingwood Country Club. And next, we have the Energy API 30th Annual Sporting Clays Tournament on October 30th at the American Shooting Center. Lastly, and most importantly, we have our OGGN live streams. This month, we have three going out, so make sure to tune into those. First, we have maintaining critical infrastructure during lockdown on October 1st. Next, we have material reductions in downtime that flow to the bottom line on October 15th. And last, we have strategic opportunities to right-sizing G&A and achieving free cash flow on October 29th. Now, these dates for the live stream shouldn't be changing, but they may, so make sure to keep up to date on these events by checking out the OGK on Facebook, LinkedIn, or website for more info. That should be all for October. So I hope you guys have a great month and thank you for tuning in.
0: Tune in next week for another informative and entertaining episode of Oil & Gas This Week podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.